Well, Curtis, we have an amazing conversation <laughs> about technology today. I'm so excited. We're going to talk about the greatest and latest tools. And when where are you we're not in. excited, man? Well, we're going to be excited <laughs> for the next 30 minutes, and we're so glad you're here. Good morning to all of our friends along the Gulf Coast. We are so glad you've joined us back again for another episode of the Echo Stop Live podcast. Um, I'm Kevin. I'm here with my good friend, Curtis. Curtis, how are you today? I'm great, man. It's Friday. What is there not to be happy about on a Friday, right? Well, uh, you know, we are happy, but I got, I got some news for you. Surprise, too. You seem a little giddy, so tell me what it is. <laughs> we are. We're going to be talking about technology today. Okay, that's why you're giddy. Yeah. All right, yeah. I yeah. am. I do like some technology, but um, but these are really tools that are just going to be amazing and outstanding for mm -hmm. our law enforcement officers and really um, behind-the-scenes look at how you, my friend, are spending mm -hmm. a good bit of your time educating people on how they can better serve our community. And I, and I really feel like this is the time that we talk about. Innovation in law enforcement. What do you I think? I think it's a great topic. We can talk about a lot of things along those lines. Well, it's, uh, you know, I have, the, I have this thing where I like to kind of go back to the basics for a minute. So, you know, the purpose behind this podcast, the purpose behind our effort here in the community is to make a difference in the community, to keep our officers safe, and to keep our community safe. And to do that, there has to be some training. And a lot mm -hmm. of times uh, we've heard, even recently, they talk about training. What yeah. kind of training? How do you handle situations? Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit later on about some training and some technology that allows us to experience in a, in a, in a different way mm -hmm. some of these scenarios. Um, and so let, let me ask you some questions. I mean, you know, when you look at police strategy, right. and I know you go back to the Sir Robert, Robert Peel, Peel moments right, of, the, right. of the world, but when you look at like truly defining police strategy, where does technology play a role in that? Oh, technology is uh, absent of technology. We're nowhere near trying to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish. The world changes. The world evolves. Law enforcement has to evolve with it. We have to think differently while at the same time being fundamentally sound. And that means that we still have to stay solid in the foundations of law enforcement, but understanding that we are in a new age. We're in the 21st century. And with technology being all that it is, uh, we have to make sure that we're staying on the tip of the spear, for a lack of a better term, uh, as it relates to technology, how we apply technology, how do we do more with less? So let's, let's, let's have a let's be real moment. Can we right. do that? Mm -hmm. I want to have it. a let's, let's be it. real moment. So in a let's be real moment, Short of the efforts that are being put forward here, you know, where would you rank law enforcement in its hierarchy of moving forward as the world evolves? Have we kept up? Are we far behind? Where are we sitting? Well, right? I'm going to break it down in two phases. I'm going to talk about locally for the city of Mobile. Okay. I think we are at the near top of the spear. Uh, nationally, we're nowhere near it. Right. I mean, there's work to be done. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. And, and I mean, if you look at nothing more than body cams, uh, I mean, let alone some other technologies that are out there now, uh, some agencies can actually afford to 
purchase things that help advance law enforcement and improve community safety, while others don't have the economic structure within their government to afford the opportunity to purchase equipment that helps advance technology. But what happens when they don't have those things? Uh, because society expects for all of us to have it, right? <laughs> and when you don't have it, then what happens? Then there becomes this, this shadow of negativity on law enforcement and that law enforcement is not being completely forthcoming with things that are happening in the community. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about the three really um, important T's then. So you're talking yeah. about transparency. Right. We talk about technology, mm -hmm. right? And we're talking about training. Absolutely. Um, and so in this scenario, what we're really ha uh, hashing out here is that, that these things are all coming together mm -hmm. here, um, and we're so proud to be able to be part of it. But I, I believe that as far as we've come, there's so much further that we still need to go. Yeah. Um, I don't ever want to feel like we've come to where we need to be because every second we sit here, there's millions of people in the mm -hmm. world who are pushing beyond that. They're, they're breaking the limits of what we thought was possible. And even though a lot of the technology is, is designed for good, there's also technology pirates, if you will, that are out there trying to use it for bad. And I feel like the inverse is the same here. You know, even though there's technology available for law enforcement for, like you said, for all of the whole host of different reasons, whether mm -hmm. it's financial, government, uh, regulatory, or whatever, not all different forms of technology have been embraced. Yeah. And um, I think it goes deeper than than what's in the, the the city's wallet. I think it goes to how do we best serve our community? And if there's a tool out there that best serves our community, um, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of tools that may work. We may not be able to afford them all, but we certainly should evaluate them, prioritize them, demo them if we can to see if it's worthwhile and what's the return on that investment. And if you know, you can't. What's the price tag on safety? Well, I love that, and I will tell you this: one of the um, best forms of of technology. I say technology. I'm going to say technology very loosely because it's communication. You know, but you're a tech guy. No, I'm not a tech guy. You're okay. a tech guy. I just wanted to, I just wanted to see what you would say. <laughs> I utilize tech. But but here's the thing. Uh, communication. Communication is what we're doing right now, right? We're using technology to advance our efforts to get to our community by talking to the community, with the community, hoping that the community talks back to us and hope that, that there is an avenue for progress as we try to improve relationships. So communication cannot be absent of technology. I think it's the essence of technology. Yeah, and, and, and I would take this moment, actually, while we're talking about it, to, to invite our viewers, um, those that have chosen to come alongside of us, um, to help recruit more to come alongside of us. But in the meantime, send us a question. Send us something to echostoplive at gmail.com, echostoplive at gmail.com. We try to, we try to um, get questions answered, at least one in every show, if not more, or we'll definitely answer them after the show. Um, but we've also got a tip line. That's technology. I mean, who would have ever thought that aside from calling uh, a, a number on a phone, there's other ways to communicate, and we have made that available to you, and it's our WeTip hotline. Um, and the phone number for that is 844-251-0644. That's 844-251-0644. Um, and you can text that number. You can call it. There's QR codes around town on different signs. You can scan it. Um, lots of ways to communicate with us, especially if you see something and you're going to say something. Mm -hmm. We're asking people to do something, and our mm -hmm. WeTip hotline is certainly one of those ways. Um, but, I mean, would you... I would say that there's a call, a need for innovation. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think how can we not have a call for innovation? I think one of the things, again, going back to Mobile, uh, and we know other cities, other 
uh, counties and states are doing a lot of things that we're looking at also with the hope of actually gleaning information from and trying to figure out ways of applying what other agencies are doing uh, to, for the betterment of our community. But, but we are embracing technology in a way in which we've never actually thought of before. Yeah. And, you know, people always ask, you know, well, why, why, who thought of this idea? Why didn't I think of this idea? You know, there's always that idea when you see something new mm -hmm. come out and especially if it's on TV and you watch it. But, you know, my, my question is this. Are we constantly putting ourselves in a season of problem solving? See, innovation mm, to me like that. is really a season of problem solving. Um, we don't know what we don't know. But if we presume because we know what we're comfortable in, that we're where we should be, then that season of innovation escapes us and we don't really get to where we're supposed to be. And I feel, um, I feel like, yes, is it possible that there's a spiritual connection to even technology? Well, there is because mm -hmm. we are designed to perform our best. We are designed to put our best foot forward. We are designed to serve others. And technology is a tool that we can bring in to our toolbox that allows us oh. to serve <laughs> others, right? And I'm smiling because um, you're right. How can we not think about the fact that, um, first of all, we've not arrived, okay? You know, so <laughs> <There> <laughs> sometimes you we think about the fact that, okay, we're, we're doing enough. No, uh, thank God for, um, for, for Henry Ford, okay, <laughs> for realizing that, no, we can do better than the horse and buggy. Uh, but that's innovation. That was innovation then. And innovation can be in any format. It can be in any type of... Um, uh, environment innovation can be um, can be can be seen. Uh, how do we innovate in our homes? How do we mm. how do we evolve? Innovation is no more than than, than evolving, uh, improving. How do we improve things in our homes? Um, how do we communicate better in our homes? How do we use that same method of communication and translate that outside of the home into the community? All right, so let's break this down. You okay. want to break this down? Yeah. You want to go history? Let me, let, let's have a little civics conversation for just a minute. Oh, my. Yeah. All, right. All right. So the U.S. Department of Justice mm -hmm. says that community policing is democracy in action. Okay, that's a mm -hmm. statement. That's what the U.S. Department of Justice has said. But then there's also this sort of supporting trend behind that, that community policing requires transparency, training mm -hmm. and technology. I mean, there's been a memorandum on 21st century policing that says just mm -hmm. that. So if community policing is democracy in action, then technology and the training of the technology must also be part of that democracy in action, mm -hmm. right? So, so when we push forward a new idea or mm -hmm. we say we need to acquire a new piece of equipment mm -hmm. to help us better serve the community and to police in communities with the community, and I notice how I said with mm -hmm. because uh, we've had this conversation in almost every show, but mm -hmm. we are we are part of the community, policing mm -hmm. our own. That's right. Um, then that technology plays uh, a role in that, but it does require what active participation. So, cool. how do you see that playing out? How do you see active participation playing out in uh, the rollout of some of these new tools? Like, I mean, so you have an idea, you want to mm -hmm. push it forward, you think it's great, but like, really, who has to come alongside us to make that happen? Well, as everyone, we have to be very intentional. First of all, that's that's the that's the ground floor. Intentionality has to be uh, the thing that serves as the conduit for change and for innovation to even have an opportunity to actually be. Uh, and that requires all people, all hands on deck, uh, not just law enforcement. A lot of times we kind of go back to law enforcement, but the community is 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 filled with different people. Law enforcement people and law enforcement being one part of that, but also other disciplines 
uh, and not just other disciplines. But when I talk about disciplines, I'm talking about the academic discipline. I'm talking about the public public health discipline. All these different things, our business owners, all these different things that make up a community. But we cannot leave out the most important part of the community, and that are the people uh, who live within the community day in and day out, not just the ones that come in and do business, but those who live in those areas where business is done. All right. So now we get to do a 30-second playoff here. Okay. Um, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll lead the way so that you uh, kind of get the idea. But, you know, let's take 30 seconds and evaluate uh, what our response is, what our need is for change uh, when it comes mm. to technology. And I'll just say this. Uh, my, my thought in 30 seconds or less is that we built a place here uh, at the Gulf Coast Technology Center um, we built a place in our community where we can develop and harvest the best relationships um, possible. And through those relationships, we find exposure, we find expertise, we find subject matter experts, we find the need, we find the community to be able to bring all of those things together so that we can develop the best technology possible, so we can have the best tools and training possible to help our community. And then we turn right around and talk to the community about it, which is kind of what we're doing here today. So there's a transparency in even that process. And I think mm -hmm. that that becomes part of our culture. And with our culture, we will find our vision. In my 30 seconds, I'm handing it over to you. <laughs> well, I would say for the Office of Strategic Initiatives, our focus is primarily to come up with strategies that allow us to bridge the gap between law enforcement in the community, understanding that one of our largest problems that we have in our community today is the uh, devastation of trauma and how trauma impacts our community, uh, whether it be vicarious trauma or whether it be direct trauma uh, that people experience. Sometimes the trauma, unfortunately, is, is, is involving law enforcement. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's community on community trauma. However, I think our goal should always be how do we improve the community? And I think it's through educating the community on things that matter, things that they need to know, uh, things that are not necessarily talked about in places that they frequent, but to bring kitchen table conversation through our podcast and share with people <laughs> the things that they need to know because they matter. And you're wondering why I'm laughing over here because you said some laughing? really powerful things. Well, mm -hmm. Curtis, I'm laughing because for the first time, I think since we've started doing this podcast together, I realized... I could actually get you to talk as fast as I do by just putting a simple been thirty you second. All enough, right? by, by simply putting a thirty second time limit on a question, you, you gave us a four minute answer. That's awesome. You hear me breathing hard, right? <laughs> all right, now let's talk about something that's near and dear to your heart. Okay. Uh, something that is uh, new, um, and and you know we've looked at mental health co response. Uh, mm -hmm. We've talked about it. We've had guests on the show talk about it, and now we have this virtual reality technology that is not just virtually reality; mm -hmm. it's reality here um, right. and able to be uh, used for officers. Talk a little bit about how that helps love us with to. a mental health response. Love to. I, I, I would love to give first an example. We we went and did a training in Baldwin County a couple of months ago uh, at the request of the DA in Baldwin County, and there we trained about sixty-seven law enforcement personnel to to include state troopers, uh, Baldwin County deputies, uh, uh, Mobile County SO came out. Number of different agencies uh, came out and they experienced this training with the use of the VR technology uh, that was used to enhance the classroom training. And I will tell you, it was nothing below just outstanding as it relates to those who actually participated in the training through the VR concept. And the common denominator from every officer who put on that headset after going through the classroom training and discussions uh, and testing, uh, they said one thing when they went through the scenarios. They said it made them understand the degree of 
empathy that has to also be applied as they do their job in the community to safeguard the community and to uh, deal with the issues that law enforcement deal with day in and day out. Um, it is uh, so important for us to understand that that when we deal with different issues in our community. Mental health is what we're talking about right now. And and those are challenging issues for law enforcement, let alone the person who's experiencing the mental health crisis. But being able to get officers uh, the ability or have given them the opportunity to train with virtual technology that gives them uh, this, this different layer or added layer or added dimension of training allows them to see full circle all the things that they need to know when they deal with someone who they're actually who has a mental health crisis. So a picture or a video might be worth a thousand words. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm excited. We have a uh, video presentation, a, a um, um, opportunity for our viewers to see what it is firsthand that you've been doing with this VR training. And so I'm excited to let you watch this. Screw the connection. I need a screwdriver. You just have to find it. You always lose. Loser. Lost. 4,000 satellites in space. No one knows about them. Listen. Listen. You don't listen. No, listen. Listen. You don't listen. Listen. Maybe they don't know. The FBI wants you to. calling for help. She says her son is schizophrenic and currently off his meds. Hey, Diaz, can you cut the lights off? Yeah. Hello? Ma'am? What's going on? It's my okay. son, Kyle. Relax, relax. Okay, What's um... Going on? He, he, Who sent you? Oh, Kyle, hey, hey, Kyle. Why are you here? Listen, Why are you here? Kyle, my name is Officer Morgan, okay? This is my partner, Officer Diaz. Hey, hey, partner, he's got a screwdriver. He's got a screwdriver. Kyle, listen, listen, I want to talk to you, but I need you to put that screwdriver down first. Kyle, put that screwdriver down, just toss it to the side for me, okay? All right, good, thank you. Kyle, Kyle, hey, can, Kyle, can you come talk to me, please? Come, Kyle, come talk to me. Sir, we're good, thank you. Kyle, come, come talk to me. Yeah, there are, there are thousands of privately owned satellite companies, and if the citizens knew that the NSA and the tech companies we're stealing the information, they're recording it, they're beaming it up. Kyle, and I hear you. All right, Kyle, is, is it okay if we get you checked out tonight? Okay. All right, good. Mom, do you mind coming over yeah, real sure. quick? Yeah. All right, Kyle, listen, the important thing to remember is you're not in any trouble. You haven't done anything wrong, okay? We just want you to be safe. We want everyone and your mom to be safe. We're going to call the ambulance, just have you go to the hospital and get checked out, and we'll just take it from there. All right? Does that sound all right? Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think? Well, it's, I'm glad I'm the mayor, not a policeman. 
I mean, and really because it's high, I mean, it's so intense that you, um, you don't know how you are gonna react. You know, maybe I've made a couple of the right choices of what to do, but it's only because of things that I've picked up on being the mayor. So I think that from a training standpoint, uh, that it's a, a great tool. That's why having mental health code response, having uh, mental health clinicians working beside law enforcement, not only to go out with law enforcement, but to help train law enforcement so that they actually uh, understand those things that they're gonna encounter every day. And to make sure that that encounter does not escalate into something that none of us want. I can see where it would prepare you to be in a situation like that, that it would give you uh, a frame of reference of what you should do, you know, instead of just uh, reacting based on gut instinct. This training here is, is, is valuable, it's more valuable than you know, um, because I mean, several scenarios can be ran through. The biggest thing is training with other people, other agencies at the same time. That's, that's, that speaks volumes. Technology is helping us as police officers uh, make better decisions and you know more sound decisions than what we did uh, back then because policing has changed. I think it's important for this pers perspective to be had so that you understand that what that person is experiencing is real, but it's also for you know just personal education and continuously growing as law enforcement. This is one of the pillars of 21st century policing. I think, you know, the more innovative we can be and the more out front we can be as a city and other people are coming to us for assistance, uh, the better off we are as a city. And uh, so we want to be first, not last. Well, I, I saw a powerful video there for a minute. Um, man looked just like you that was in it. That was me, man. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, so now our viewers who, you know, we try to bring you along everywhere we can. Mm. Um, and we've got plenty of stuff in store in future episodes to really take you on a journey as we try to change communities, uh, not just here in Mobile, but all across the Gulf Coast. But I, I want to say what, what I saw in that video is, is not only a, a trend, because a trend is something that comes and goes. Mm. That is a step in the right direction. Well, I can only say that um, to have any effect in moving anything in a positive direction, you have to have partners. Um, Alta Point has been a partner with us with this mental health code response that we're doing. Um, when we purchased the VR headsets uh, through our agency to enhance the training that we do with Alta Point, uh, we've seen nothing but outstanding results from it. We've had the opportunity not only to train officers in Baldwin County, but also Sam's Police Department. And we've opened the door for others who uh, could benefit from the training. Because this, this VR training, along with the mental health co-response training that we're providing at this point, not only helps law enforcement, but it also helps the community understand what law enforcement day in and day out go into or will go into when these moments of crises occur. So uh, instead of uh, answering a question today, unfortunately, uh, I have been um, given the privilege of making a special announcement because this is National Crime Victims Rights Week. That it is. And we are at the end of it. Um, and there is a, uh, a commemorative uh, event that's going to occur today. Actually, it's the third annual Awareness mm -hmm. Walk, and it's going to occur today at 11 a.m. at uh, our police headquarters at 2460 Government Boulevard. Um, and it's going to end at Public Safety Memorial Park. Um, we would urge anybody that's watching that has time or can make time today uh, to participate in that. And if you can get there around 1030 today, uh, I know that's just a short while from now. Um, but that would be an awesome way to really come alongside uh, those people that are trying to 
keep our community safe and prevent people from being victims, but also to walk alongside those who have been victims um, and to really bring awareness um, to this event. And we do want to hear from you. We do want your questions. We're going to try and answer those at echostoplive at gmail.com. That's echostoplive at gmail.com. But, uh, you know, if you can get out to 2460 Government Boulevard today around 1030, sometime before 11, um, there'll be that walk. It's the third annual. I know next year they'll have right. one. Um, and I feel like that's just one more thing we can do. Although quiet, yeah, we can say a lot. Right. And, and this walk, uh, although done annually, it is set up to honor those who are victims or have been victims of violent crime, those who may not be here, as well as those who are still here. And we like to call those that are still here survivors mm. because they are survivors. And those who are impacted, who are living through vicarious trauma that were associated by those uh, people who are affect, affected by that type of trauma, they're also survivors because they have to live with the impact of that trauma day in and day out. And we as a community should stand up beside them and support them as they go through the healing process. So as we uh, as we get ready to close this out, I'm going to throw the last question mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I would have to throw it to myself. Mm -hmm. Because surprise, we don't have a guest today, but we're 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 still hosting an amazing show because we have a conversation mm -hmm. that has to be had. Um, what's on the horizon? What's the future look like? The future looks great. You know, it is what we can imagine uh, through faith, understanding mm -hmm. that all things are possible, understanding that it takes a step forward to see progress. And I think we are making steps forward to uh, see progress come to fruition. Uh, so I had the opportunity to have been asked a question at a presentation uh, a, mm -hmm. a little while back. And somebody said, if you could have anything you want, what's one thing you would you would try and get? Um, and I think they thought I was going to tell them I was going to buy something. Mm -hmm. um, and my response was simple. It was one word. If I could have anything I wanted mm -hmm. to make this place better, I just want the opportunity. And I think with that opportunity... We can continue to build relationships. Mm -hmm. We can continue to follow in the path, not the one that we designed, but the one that's been designed for us. And we can also come alongside our community at every opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that, coupled with some purchases of technology, some training with technology, and the transparent conversation about what that technology means to the community, that's the trifecta. That's where we win. And so I come back to this. Mm -hmm. If there was one thing packaged up in a store and I had to go take it off the shelf, what would it be? I'd love to see a big box that said opportunity. And I feel like that is going to take us so much further than any one widget that we think we know what we need right now. What we need is an opportunity. Um, and we want that opportunity to be part of this podcast. We want you to join us. We want you to contact us on the anonymous tip line that's on the screen. It's 844-251-0644. But really, more than anything, we want you to see something, say something, and do something. We say that all the time. What we really want is you to come alongside us, to join us on this uh, very important mission. And this mission is not just to impede violence, but it's to improve perception. Um, we thank you for joining us today and we thank you for joining us every Friday. We'll be here mm -hmm. at 8.30 in the same uh, same great spirit, I hope, um, <laughs> having hope. these conversations for you. Um, and we thank you for giving us that opportunity. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next week. Stay safe and have a great weekend. <laughs>